This is UNFD. This is UNFD. This is UNFD. The podcast. The podcast. My name is Lee Albrecht. I am the guitarist and songwriter, guy, and producer for the band Hollow Front. Um, we are in my studio in my illustrious basement in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I am Tyler Tate. I am the vocalist of the Hollow Front. Yeah, we are in Lee's studio and we are going to talk about ourselves a lot. If you're not familiar with Hollow Front, we're a metalcore band from Grand Rapids, Michigan. We started in 2016. Um, I'm the only original member left, but Lee and I have basically been working on the band from the beginning. Lee and I met at a party um, in the summer of 2016. Uh, I'd heard that he like mixed and like or produced bands and like recorded for bands, and we didn't know anybody else really. So. At that point, my name was just kind of thrown into the hat. Like there was a couple other people that you guys were looking at recording with as well. Yeah, so actually, like, I was the nothing. only band member that was like, we need to work with Lee. Yeah, and I think it was just from that conversation we had in the car. Yeah, we sat in the car and listened to like a Volumes cover that, that <laughs> Lee did like forever ago, but it was just instrumental, and I was like, this sounds really good. I don't know why. I, I, I'm glad I did that, because we ended up obviously making the band around it, but looking back, it's like the textbook you're at a show and you like hold your iphone speaker up to somebody's ear like yeah check this out i totally did that to you but i dragged you into my car <laughs> yeah we sat in your car and that's yeah that's kind of how me and lee met and yep. the other band members i mean hollow friends started as kind of more of like a like a, a hobby than anything you know it kind of yeah the internet kind of forced us to become what we are today i guess because when i started the band i was like i don't want to do tours i don't want to i had kids and i was just freshly divorced and i was like i don't want to do i just want to have fun and party and you to know. be fair with a lot of the musicians i've worked with i feel like that's one of the healthier ways to start a project because if you go into it with almost too many expectations i feel like you can get frustrated really quick but if you go into it like hey i have free time or i really enjoy music or xyz it's going to last longer because you're not gonna like, oh, this isn't making money in the first three months, I'm out. Hollowfront's my 12th band <laughs> in 19 years, and Hollowfront's been a band for seven years, so the longest band I've been in. But yeah, it, if I cared about money, <laughs> I'd been gone a long time Dude, ago. Dude, what are you talking about? Metalcore makes so much money. Dude, I, I've, made, I've made some money, like pennies. That's good. But yeah, I think, you know, Hollowfront is just, you know, when we started, we, we wanted to be heavy. Like, that was our... That was our, like, we, I want to be the heaviest and most angriest band in Michigan. Our, our sights were pretty set low at the time, to be honest. And, uh, you know, meeting Lee, Lee kind of, like, kind of took over for writing on Still Life and, like, that 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 EP. And But the first EP was pretty much kind of, like, Lee just putting textures and... Yeah, I was trying to... some stuff. Well, I had... I didn't... You guys didn't have, like, finished demos. So yeah. I was kind of, like... Finishing the songs. Yeah, well, I was, I was kind of piecing together the ideas you guys had in two songs and plus i was so young into my career at that point that i wasn't super confident to just take the guitar away from somebody if i didn't like something i kind of just like hey this is what you guys have and let's make the best of what you guys do like have so um i feel like if that same record came through now i may have bulldozed it but i'm glad i <laughs> i'm kind of glad i didn't because at the same me... time though i think the members that we were coming with were more like 
open to you giving ideas. Yeah, it was. It wasn't like they were like, no, no ideas. Yeah, and that's what kind of helped shape the overall beginning sound of Holofront, the heavy like with you know. I just I remember you guys being heavy, and I remember you had some shit to say from what you were telling me in that first record. And I just felt like adding more melody was going to contextualize what you were saying rather than just having chugs. I want to have like a, I want to have the texture and the leads in the background suggest how that screaming vocal is meant to feel because you didn't really do that much singing on that first record. Then do it. And I wanted, I wanted the textures to do the singing for you. And we kind of kept that. I mean, we're not the first band to do that either. It's no, like the, we're, that's, the I've, ghost inside. I've never said Hollowfront sort of is like a pioneer no. band. Like we write music we like, which is energetic metalcore with some heavy, heavy elements. And yeah. like, I don't. I never want to be like Hollowfront's the reinventing reinventing yeah. the wheel. It's yeah. like no, we're not. We're just making music we enjoy. Like it has nothing to do with about reinventing and being the best at something. Well, you and I too. I think we've always gotten along musically because we have, um, we have the same background musically. Like the bands that we grew up with that we like. We both like early two thousands rock. We both really like bands like Killswitch Engage and Lincoln like, Park. Yeah, Lincoln Park is like my favorite. Uh, shocker, guy in alternative music loves Lincoln Park. Park. Yeah, <laughs> super original take. But um, yeah, I mean. The way that they form their motifs, they have these really simple four to eight bar loops that then kind of build and add textures on top of it and play throughout the whole song. That's kind of why you get songs like our song, Don't Fall Asleep and stuff like that. It's just the way those textures get used is kind of a direct reference to how Linkin Park kind of like forms their music. Yeah, I would say we use a lot of Linkin Park inspiration. Yeah, at least just in formatting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like what... You know, and I I think um, Lincoln Park also didn't shy away from speaking about mental health and that kind of stuff, and that's kind of what we, that's kind of what our our bread and butter is. Is kind of like because I'm mentally ill, so I I've, I've, all my lyrics are have to do with my mental health, and I've always viewed this band as your your mental journey with my with me creating the like the musical backdrop in order for you to be able to tell that journey. If you think about it, the the new record that we just wrote is just a return to form to how we did things in the first two records. Yeah, it's Still yeah, Life and it's Home just Record. you and I writing songs again. Yeah, our new album, The Fear of Letting You Go, has just come out. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a crazy crazy turn of events that led up to it. So yeah, we should, uh, we should definitely dive into it. So to just kind of talking about schedule-wise, like I had a healthy but kind of short amount of time that you would usually give for like a full record. I It was right before tour and I had my whole summer was basically already booked up. And I looked at, I think it was all of April or it was all of March. Something like that is what I gave myself we to did, write the instrumentals. We did all March, all April pretty much. Yeah. Because we did mostly writing in March and... I mean, because this album was... Obviously, we were going to write an album this year regardless. Yeah. We just, we didn't know that Dakota was going to leave. Yeah. So it was kind of like when Dakota decided that he needed to leave the band because of all the the issues that we've had, you know, like our, our bus accident and legal troubles with uh, uh, insurance company over the accident and just like, just a lot of strain and stress. And, you know, I, I was right there with him. I was, I was steps away from leaving too, just cause yeah. I was just as, it's a lot of pressure, man. And just like, 
So, but we knew we wanted to do the record and we were going to do it no matter what, even well, then, like Dakota leaving kind of like may had to make us switch up gears. Like, well, if you remember back all the way to the, um, still life days when you thought you were like the band was ending back then, yeah, I told you never quit the band because as long as you and I stay, we can always write records yeah. and it's kind of poetic that it ended up just eventually turning into that because we never really did like podcasts or we never really talked about it in the past people didn't realize that it was kind of you and i working on the music and i was kind of always in the shadows i was just the producer guy which i'm totally used to i do that with every band i work that's kind of how you wanted to be at that point you didn't really want to at least at least vocally yeah and it didn't start to feel weird until i wasn't producing a record where i was just kind of like co-producing slash like writing and that's kind of when i made the move to be like this is out of all of my musical projects or out of all the bands that I write for, like a considerable amount, this is the one that feels like my project that I can write that I felt either the most connected to, but it also felt like an extension of me. For the most part, all of the other bands that I write for, I am trying to write like them or I'm trying to make sure that their integrity as an artist is being blended into what I'm writing with them. With Holofront, I'm just writing what I want to hear. So. Same. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the main point is that we just write songs we like listening to, like yeah. enjoy the soundscapes and the, the yep. energy. And the, that's yeah. why, I mean, when we get asked to write just a ton of really piss heavy music, you and I struggle with that because it's like, I don't, I, I like really emotionally charged, melodic, yet still heavy. It's like the heaviness comes from the emotional side, not from the how low can I tune my guitar and how long can I chug for. Kind and low screams and high screams. I, yeah, I think like historically, and a lot of our fans know if and uh, that I'm I don't like the heavy heavy stuff. I don't like ghosted and like the itch and those like uh, <laughs> ghosted is a, is a funny story. Yeah, so ghosted was uh, on our album Loose Threads. Yep, and we it was actually we'd only signed up to do ten songs on that album. Yeah, and. <laughs> we're, we went to a concert the night before. I can't Did remember. Did we? Yeah, we went to a show. Um, sure? Oh, it was that's where we met Ryan the first time. Kirby. Oh, man, I wouldn't have remembered that detail. We but went yeah. to Fit for a King, and then we came home, and we were up till like six in the morning. I think and it was later Lee than is. That. It was like six, seven in the morning. I don't know. Yeah. I was like half asleep on the couch. I remember the sun was starting to peek through my old curtains, so it was. It was late slash it was, early. Yeah, it was early as yep. early as <laughs> And he was falling asleep on the couch like next to me and I just started playing I detuned my guitar all the way to octave D, which for those who don't play guitar is basically bass tuning, which is like what <laughs> lots of metalcore bands do now. But at the time I thought it was just ridiculous. And I just kept looking at him and he's like, No, that sounds really stupid. We're not doing that. And I'm like, All right. I really want to write this right now. This is my calling. I'm going to write this. If I write it and I give it to you for free, will you put it on the record? He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. You <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did a 180 so fast. You're like, oh, free shit? Free for sure. shit, man. I just like when someone says free, I'm free song. Okay. I just, I needed that, that in that moment. I was but like, honestly, I was like, I was half asleep on the couch. I'm just like, no, no. Also, when we're building albums, I like to have. As much as we just talked about how we don't usually write a ton of heavy music anymore, I like to have on, like, like if you're going to talk about the composition of a song, it's good to talk about the composition of a record, and yeah. it's good to have a song that pushes your boundaries in either direction, like how emotional and quote-unquote light can you go, and how heavy 
and emotional can you go and, and what for is more context like i don't hate those songs they're just my least favorite hollow front songs yeah. i i think that you have to have that texture on an album you have to have heavy you have to have light you have to have the in between you have to have or it's just gonna sound this like same i on get the same energy yeah. the whole time which is just for me is unlistenable i can't listen to a record that's the same, the same energy and the same and tempo again. and the same yeah just everything's the same so i as as much as i talk about not liking ghosted i appreciate those songs and i appreciate we write those songs for our fans that like the heavy heavy stuff and if that, we're always going to do that if you had to narrow it down is there a song on any of our records that you're like either lyrically or um just sound wise is there anything that you're a big fan of that you like what write? i'm most proud yeah. of uh Man, I I don't know. I think wearing thin is one. Really, I, just, I would not have guessed if you held a gun to my head and made me guess which song you like the other most. Other songs, but I just think that that song as a standalone song was just so well done. What's and we wrote that fast. It was like right after Loose Threads came yeah, out. Yeah, we wrote that really. Fast. I don't know. I just thought I another song, another good example is Treading Water. It just the, those songs that come together so easy. I like, would have guessed Treading that you would have said Treading Water. Treading Water is a very. I would say they're pretty on par, but I just think. I think I like the electronic vibe more from wearing. I like that, like, in while I enjoy treading water, we get uh, uh, compared to Polaris a lot because of that song. So, like, I think that's killed some of my um, some of my thing with it. But it's a well written song and it came together super. That never fast. bothered me because I think from I never take too much feedback from the outside looking in, and I've never listened to Polaris much personally. Right, and so which is funny if some yeah if somebody were to be like you copied Polaris, well, I don't listen to them. Yeah, that would well that dig would never bother me because I know it isn't. Yeah, but like if a if somebody were to look at Comat- it bothered me if somebody looked at Comatose um and said this is very similar to Architects, I'd be like you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I called yeah. that our architect song, remember? Yeah. That's what I... Because I, I like... I Specifically, I'm a fan of Josh Middleton. I like the way that he phrases things, and I don't know if he wrote that riff in, in like, their new stuff, but um, I think, inadvertently, Comatose was kind of my homage to the way Josh Middleton And that was on our record, things. The Price of Dreaming, yes. our last record.
to talk about the new record and to kind of reference what you're saying about like electronic music. Mm-hmm. So in the last year, I've been... I think every artist or every producer or whatever needs a reason to get up in the morning and continue to enjoy the craft of making music. And for me, I get bored doing the same stuff that I can, I know I can already do. And I know I have a long way to go on the electronic side of my career, like learning how to sound design and how to integrate that into my music. So I really focused on that this year. And I think I really like, I kind of swung in that direction a lot for a lot of the records I wrote this year. And I was kind of afraid to show you some of the more electronically driven songs. And you were really receptive to like the more crazy stuff that I, I did. like. I like that shit. Yeah, I didn't. Re- for some reason, it never clicked in my head that you liked it. So I figured you were going to hate it when I showed it to you. And you're like, no, this is great. I'm like, One sick. of my favorite decades of music is the 80s. Oh, I yeah. fucking love 80s pop, man. It's did you so fucking good? Do have do you like the band The Midnight? Have you ever listened to yeah, them? We've listened to that band together. I see. I you know I don't remember. You these don't things. remember anything. No, I just don't care about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're lucky you can play guitar. But yeah, the new the new record has got a lot of electronics in it, um, and we do this thing where. Like I take a dance kick and I sidechain the whole mix. Like we'll be in a breakdown and you've got metal drums and you've got like all this like crazy and you've got a kick that's just sidechaining the whole damn mix. And I I was showing my friends and I was showing um, like my buddy Johnny from the band Bill Murray. He's he's always been kind of like an avant-garde guy. So like when you show him something that he hasn't heard before, his ears perk up. But I don't want to write something just because it's new and different. I want to make sure it's good. And so I'd show him and I showed my friends and I showed Tyler and everybody's like, yeah, this is dope. And I was like, I really like this, but I'm worried that the Holofront fan base is going to be like, what the fuck is that? Nah. Side is the action of taking like any key spike or any kick or anything that's going to send a signal to something else. And it's going to shut down the signal of the receiving compressor or whatever. So for instance, if I have like a kick drum, that would send a signal to my bass guitar. And every time the kick drum hits, the bass guitar would duck in volume per the settings that I put on it. So like if I put a kick drum down on a whole mix and I sidechain the whole mix, every time that kick drum hits, it's going to duck everything underneath it. And so like, not to be annoying, but like it's that sound of like, like the sound of the synthesizer being on like the offbeat that's from like a technical standpoint that's what side chaining is um and i thought it'd be interesting to just do it to the whole damn mix because i love the sound of four on the floor like a boom ka, boom ka. i love that sound but in our music we require more inner beats and more technicality so i tried to get the I tried to do both. <laughs> and you'll you'll hear that all over the record. Like we did that on mo we did that on like riffs, we did it on choruses, choruses. we did it on breakdowns. breakdowns. We did it like not all on the same song, but throughout the record we revisit that idea and we do it to different parts of the songs. Which yeah. um I'm just trying to get people to TikTok dance to Hollow Front. <laughs> yeah, the, the TikToks out. The the goth kids rave. Yeah. meme like i love that like i think it was davian who first did that and i lost my shit on tour yeah we we made some memes with it so we'll probably the the world will see those shortly i've had a few pretty dark moments about while being in this band like still life was definitely one of them like yeah. right before that came out like i was about to quit and then yeah like before the fear of letting go before we recorded that like 
even like I I was almost the first one to leave because of everything that was going on with everything. I was just like, you know, I'm 30, 30 something years old. I got kids. And what makes you a good lyric writer is that connection to your life, though, is like right. the, yeah, the, the stuff that you struggle with is why we're able to tell any story at all. Yeah. So that's so know. Dakota leaving kind of threw a wrench in the in the works for a second. And then me and Lee kind of were just like, all right, this is the plan. Like we're yep. going to do this just you as vocals. And we're just going to, we're just going to go along like, you know, and not to say like, like Dakota never happened, but just like, we're just going to keep the wheels turning. You know, it's like we, we respect Dakota's decision because it, I knew it, I, I know it had to be a hard decision for him because it was a hard, it was a hard feeling for me, you know, whether if I want to stay or leave and uh, letting go of this thing that I built for the last seven years, and I know that he's, he struggled with it, you know, but we respect him and him leaving was just what catapulted us even, I think, brought me back even even more, I think. Everything stems from the accident that we had in March of 2022. We were on tour with Fit for a King and Silent Planet and uh, we got into a bad accident. Um, our bus was T-boned by, a, it was like a like a dump truck or some kind of like construction truck full of like gravel and you know mo everyone was okay except for Davy and you know our merch guy and we this was all over the internet and we we did like a GoFundMe for him and we did you know just to, to get him home and he got really injured and basically from that came a lawsuit from the insurance company that we worked with because they were paying his medical and they were paying lost wages for him and we didn't have workman's comp insurance and none of our managers or anything were like never heard of this so we just kind of got thrown into a sketchy situation with legal you know we we're we're getting sued and Hopefully, you know, by the time that this airs, that, that uh, it will be all concluded. But it's been a, a year of hell, you know, like, and that's a, one of the main reasons Dakota left was that this this, le this legal stuff. And no, but, on top of that, we also owed a lot of money in taxes. Yeah, we just to, it's a lot of rookie mistakes. And just it's it's the it's the growing pains of running a business, I think. And we're just it all came at us all at once kind of a thing. And we just. Like Dakota couldn't handle it anymore, and Brandon couldn't handle it anymore because because we weren't making any money from the band because of all these issues, you know. And it's hard to be a and it's still affecting us now. Like we're not able to do everything that we want. Yeah, know? like we're we're pretty much as a business standpoint, we're kind of on a standstill just because of all the legal stuff. So yeah, it's just stuff we've been dealing with, and you know, which ended up making Dakota leave, and and then in turn, um, our booking agents and our managers also. Uh, decided to part ways with us. We just we've had a lot of bad luck, and the fear of letting go is is definitely encompasses all of that f frustration and anger and sadness and pain and you know some hope and some some light at the end of the tunnel kind of you know vibe. To us, it almost felt like here's all the potential that the band had. Here's the trajectory that we were going along, and then one bad thing led to another bad thing led to people either leaving or not working with us anymore. And the band kind of kept falling and tripping and falling and tripping down this hill that we felt like we were at the top of. And now we're kind of consolidating down and being like, okay, people are gone. People aren't working with us anymore. Um, here's this like legal battle that we're going through. 
let's just narrow all of this back down to the two of us. And regardless of what happens, we can make music together. And there are people out there that like our music. And regardless of everything that's happening, we can always rely on ourselves to just be able to make content. And yeah, like that's kind of what this album is. It's just like almost spitting in the face of all of the bad things that have happened to us. Like regardless of all this shit that's happening, we're still going to make a record. We're still going to get up in the morning and make music. Yeah, we've been beaten down loads of times, but it's yeah. like we're still making music. For any of those listening who have ever been in a band, it is so hard to organize, and the older you get and the more life gets in the way, it's really tough to organize like five, six members, however many people are in your band. And we just talked about just like, if it's the two of us, we can work efficiently. We, Out of everybody in the who has been in the band, we are probably the most similar musically. So we're getting, like, it just, it made sense. And we just I get shit done. Yeah. And we can fulfill, like, as a band, we can, as the two of us, we can fulfill all of the roles that would normally be a full band. So, like, you take over a lot of the management and a lot of the financial and a lot of the, like, structural backbone stuff. And then you also, contextualize all of my art with like your journey and your lyrics and all of that. And then from a production and songwriting standpoint, my full-time job is writing and producing records for bands. So we just happen to have two halves of the same coin or two sides of the same coin, whatever that, whatever that saying is. is. And it just worked out because we can both together do all of the jobs that it requires to run a band together. If I wasn't a producer or if Tyler didn't have a lot of experience managing the band, you know, maybe we would have looked at filling members again. But it just it makes sense for it to shrink down to the two of us. And I think that's that's kind of like when we went into writing the record, that's kind of what what happened. You yeah. Know? And not to throw Brandon under the bus because I love Brandon and he he left right after our Barry Tomorrow tour, but he wasn't involved in the record. He didn't show he was very I he I feel like Brandon was when Dakota left, Brandon was even further one step out the door. You know, he just, yeah. it was just another hit to the band that he looked at as like, it's a, the band's curse, you know, Brandon, you know, the, ba- the we, man, <laughs> which we do is... have really bad luck. Like, we've, <laughs> had a, we've had a bad year, man. It's just, yeah. And, and, and uh, for some bands, it's like they can just get out of it, but we've been hit, you know, hard. Like, you know, I don't know how deep we want to go about management and all that, but like losing that and losing just, yeah, we've, we've definitely We're still dealing with legal repercussions, legal of the repercussions, first, like of the all accident. the crashes. Yeah. And... So it's just like, I understand why Brandon left and, um, why he was kind of distant when we were recording. Um, so not to throw him under the bus, but it was just Lee and I that recorded this album. Like nobody else was involved except for the few songs that Dakota sang on. There was also a lot of pressure with this record because when Dakota did join the band is not because he joined the band, but we started putting more singing into our music and he was, he's an amazing singer. Well, not only was he an amazing singer, but he was also our main melody writer Mm -hmm. singing wise. And I have several years of experience now writing like chorus melodies and like putting input on records that I've produced but I've never been like a main melody writer for a project before. And this year just so happens there's been a couple of records where I was doing a lot of the melody writing. And this record kind of started that. And I was learning a lot about myself creatively and musically kind of 
while we were writing this, like, okay, we need a chorus here. What is the melody? And it was figuring out what are the limitations and the best parts of your voice and how do I set you up for a success? If I make you sing too high or so, too low or if I put you, you over try. The, Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> um, so that, you know, that was a challenge for me is like my typical role is like guitar writing and composition writing and producing and textures and stuff. But I also had to pile on top of that, like making sure that the phonetics of the chorus read well and making sure that the melody was good. And yeah, I'm not a seasoned of a melody writer at all because I've only been writing screams for you so long. You had some long. good ideas though. Like yeah, I've, for, had, I've had decent, but as overall, like, yeah. it leaves much room for improvement. But it was, it was challenging to like, so if I, I'm a baritone. I can't sing very high. So like there's demo versions of our songs where I'm just singing in my falsetto voice and here's here's the melody. And uh, that Tyler had to sit with for a long time, like, here's my idea for the melody. Would this sound good with your voice? And I think after doing 10 songs that way, I have a very good idea of like what key I should write in for him to sing, uh, what his voice is capable of, what like how can we continue to write better songs because I have a better idea because it as a melody writer, it is sometimes tough to write melodies when it's your voice isn't the end vehicle that's delivering right. like the, the stuff. So that I was, mean, I follow what you do for the most point. Yeah. Mar most part, but then I'll, I will at, I mean, at some point we got to just be like, Oh, that's just how you're going to do yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just, your especially voice. if it's cool. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to completely dictate every part of that process because yeah. if you give me a good, take it's like and uh, it's not the same as what i was planning what happened um, in good things never last yeah, where yeah. like i did like a different melody than yep. you want than you want to be like oh that's cool let's just leave it i was like sick yeah and it's like if your voice <laughs> is gravitating towards that i i view that as us collaborating which is what we should be doing anyway it's yeah. like here's my idea what is your voice naturally gravitating and i've towards? always sang in the band somewhat but yeah. like very very small amounts it's like, like a textural thick thing. as blood i sang the most and i think yeah. the chorus and like the bridge and my way of thinking about it was always afflicted afflicted yeah i sang i sang well i, I only sang like the little bit now you do the power vocals in afflicted like right, the I, main part of the chorus. a lot of people so. don't know that though they think that's all dakota which blows my mind i i, I guess I'm recording the song, so I'm never going to hear that. Yeah. But I've always heard you guys as being completely different. But that was our, I mean, our anxiety going into this record was like losing Dakota as a singer. But, um, you know, when there's only two people in a room making all of the songwriting decisions and kind of changing your style a little bit to fit your voice, it's like, man, I hope our fans still dig this. And I hope. I think it was an easy process, to be honest. It was... It was stressful for the fact that we kind of gave ourselves like a really small time limit, but I don't know. I I had fun on this record. Yeah, it, we flew through this record. Yeah, man. we flew through. We were we were writing you know a couple songs a week and yeah. I I've kind of told you this, but even for like some of the other projects I'm writing for, I have been practicing writing instrumentals in three hours. That's been like a big part of like <laughs> what I've been doing for some of these online projects that I have, and the new Holofront record is kind of an expanded version of that. I didn't realize that at the time, but I was really focused on trying to represent what I wanted to hear, but also not completely. I think something that happens with artists, producers are just as susceptible, is overthinking every creative decision that you can put into a song. And I tried not to you were, overthink you were, everything. You were doing that on the Barry Tomorrow tour. I know I was. I was. And I I'm had like, whole, Lee, 
I yeah, had a whole like, list of notes that I was like, I'm going to get home and change all of this. Because we had most of the record done before we went on we went on tour with Barry Tomorrow. And, uh, that was like me coming out of rehab of... <laughs> yeah, of, Lee, Lee is on the on the tour and he's just uh, listening to the album over and over and over and over. He's like, we got to do all these changes. And I'm like, Lee, just leave it. I was in musical rehab. Just fucking leave it, man. For not it's fine. It's great. It's good. <laughs> Stop. Because we've been kind of talking about the demo process, we'll show you guys a clip of where it starts and kind of what it sounds like and then maybe what the final product ends up sounding like. We kind of do a compare and contrast. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's way better when it's done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should specifically show them a part where you sing. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. It's just to like what it sounds like. How Lee is doing his demo vocal. forward even after this record is a lot about rediscovering what methods we have to use to move forward as like a duo and it's like a lot of this record was like what do, what am i holding you accountable for what are you holding me accountable for who are we working with for visuals does that work with us being able to manage that who are we working on like with with uh like video and stuff basically reestablishing the business as the two of us and making sure that this is something that we can do for a long time based on our own talents and our own merit and our own hard work. And frankly, I don't think this album would exist as it is today if all those things, if all those events hadn't piled up on top of us, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Like, if Dakota went left, this would be a completely oh, different I record. Oh, I had a, if, do you remember the PDF I had written up that was like, here's kind of what I want to do with the record as like, a loose thing and i threw that out the morning that dakota left because i'm like we can't do some of this stuff without his voice yeah like we, the whole album is completely different because of all this and and the the subject matter because i didn't write any lyrics until after dakota left so all my lyrics are post dakota leaving and in a dark hole kind of a feeling you know but also there's there's points where i talk about not being able to let this go because it's my my purpose you know music is my it's always felt like the only thing in my life that I've been able to successfully um, continue, you know, keep going with. And uh, it's a shift in a different direction, but also back. Yeah. And the, to the old we direction. Have ex but we, it's different. We touched on this earlier, but we do have experience just working the two of us. And I think we it's it's actually if you want to look at it this way, we've talked about how the price of dreaming and this record are kind of like brother sister records how they're like, this is kind of like that chapter of our of our discography. But what's funny is the two records that are the most different in the way that they were created are actually The Price of Dreaming and this one. Mm -hmm. Because The Price of Dreaming was probably the most collaborative with the most people, and we went to a different um, studio. And this one, we returned to form back to my studio, and we shrunk the team all the way down back to two people. What's like the defining song for the record for you? Like, we don't have to do... I know you... I mean, I, it... it <laughs> I love Good Things Never Last. I think that that song is... Honestly, I think we that should have been one of our main singles, to be honest. But it didn't end up being a main single, which I think is cool also because when, it's on the record, you know, and yeah. people will hear it first time when the record comes out, which we have the video coming out for in a couple months or whatever. Um, but I think that that song is just 
everything that we were talking about doing on this record, we kind of threw into that song. Yeah. Like we, we had we had the the side chain kick, we had a lot of electronic elements, we had just energy, we had uh, singing, we had heavy parts, we had melodic parts, we had it's just that whole that song encompasses hollow front all in one fucking well, that one that one moved really fast because I invited my friend Jake to come over and write that one with me because that was the last one we wrote for the record. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want something that's just super electronic. And he came in and he was like, you know, I just, I haven't been working on music recently. He's been really into lifting. And he's just like, I don't, here, here's a couple of ideas. And we ended up using some of it as texture. But I just wrote that song at my dining room table on a laptop and while I was napping in the other room, I'm, I'm sure on the couch. if there are any of you who do write music, sometimes it just ideas are just flowing out of you and you're loving everything you're making. That was that song for me. And sometimes you get to the verse and you're like, I hate myself. I hate everything I do. I hate, you know, but that song just like I just ca- I, maybe it was because I changed scenery and maybe it's because I was in a different part of my house. But that song just like fell out of me literally and then we went on tour and with the song being not completely finished and i got home sat down and wrote the rest of the song in like two hours so that song just like fell out of me and it's probably the most different and it's got the most like crazy sidechain textures and stuff that we've never done before and if we're looking at the record while I was on tour, when I was overthinking everything, that was one of the songs I was afraid of. I'm like, man, what are, what are people going to think of this? This is so different for us. But looking, Once we added vocals to it, you know, and it, it felt like us again. Yeah, yeah for sure. Thematically, like when I wrote that song, that was after we got home. Yeah. And that was after like the issue, because we had issues on Barry Tomorrow too, just like every tour we've ever done, yeah. we've, had, we've had issues. So we get home, I'm in a dark hole, Bran had just left, and I'm just like, in my mind it was like almost the death of Hollowfront yeah. in a way. So I was like, I just in my mind I just thought good things never last, you know? Yeah. Nothing fucking, nothing ever good in my life ever stays. You know, and it, that, that, you know that's part of, part of that's a, a self-pity, and a, you know, which is mental illness, man. But, uh, yeah, I was just like, good things never last, and that's how it was. It's a pessimistic way to look at it, but it also, it, it's not how it turned out. You know, it's not how things are well, currently for us. I think it's cool because not to say that the song is bright, but because the song is so quote unquote kind of hype and kind of bright-ish texturally, it's cool that the context and the meaning behind the song is so dark. Because I think dark themes with dark songs can be kind of boring and bright themes with bright songs can be kind of boring. So it's, it was fun to blend that on that song is like, here's this like bopping, (laughs) here's this bop of a song with like these really sad. Now TikTok dance to it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But when we were putting the record together in a lot of the like more dance style stuff that we were doing, I went into it thinking like, man. I, I don't know if we're going to continue doing this or if this is just like a one on one album thing or if I made a mistake by putting these textures in. But after the album, after I've been sitting with the album, after it's been written, all of the really crazy um, creative decisions that we made, those are the songs I'm the most happy with, are the ones that I was like, oh, I don't know if people are going to like this. Looking back, I'm like, I like those the most because musically, that's what I'm the most interested in. So I'm glad we did that. 
And it's just a fun song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they're fun. They're fun to listen to. I feel like metalcore needs to be okay with being fun sometimes. It's so it's so damn serious. All the I mean, all, all my time. lyrics are pretty serious, well, but yeah, you that's know fine. I, but I'm just saying. I think texturally and musically, I think this genre is just so serious all the time that it just bores me on that dynamic sometimes. And I like to do different shit or to have fun with the music sometimes because it's music you can do that yeah <laughs> you know you can do whatever you want yeah and it feels like you can't always do whatever you want sometimes it was nice to like change that fuck you i won't do what you told me <laughs> So this is the first episode for the new UNFD podcast. and Very grateful to be the guinea pigs. I just kind of wanted to talk to, about two bands, one that's still on their roster, one that's an alumni. So going into the record, we actually saw North Lane the, day, the night before I started writing or two days before, I can't remember. And I'm, shockingly, I'm in music, but I don't like live concerts. It's not really my thing. Um, I think because my brain is always thinking about music, I don't like to think about music in my free time. It's just, and I, I like playing shows, not going to shows. Yeah, I can't, I just, unfortunately, I can't separate myself from it. If I'm listening to music, I'm like thinking about it and breaking it down. It's like, it's just taxing. But I love Northlane. I love that band. I've, I really, really, really dig uh, Alien and their new music. And, they played a lot of songs off of Alien when we saw them. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being so inspired to go and write music and being so glad that I saw them before because I feel like that gave me a little bit of like creative juices to go and be like, okay, that was, if I can do something that cool, I'm going to be excited. So I just wanted to kind of talk about how much I loved their performance in Grand Rapids. That was so sick.
for an alumni, um, I believe, if I remember correctly, Architects was a UNFD uh, artist. Oh, yeah. And they were by far one of the biggest influences on me in the mid-2010s. If I had to choose a band on UNFD's roster right now, I'd definitely choose Arab. Just because in 2011, when I heard Era for the first time, I was like, "Oh yeah, holy, Augment or Impulse, uh, Impulse." And impulse. I'm like, I was like Jesus. "I'm like, holy crap, what is this?" <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, it was very like metalcore genty kind yeah. of vibe, and that, that, just, that was what I was into at the time. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember from what um, JT had said when he was in town recording with. Uh, yeah, for, for a little record. context, JT KV came to Lee's studio for a weekend, and we recorded our feature with him that he's on um crash and burn um the song a song on our new album and the it, fear of letting go. he told me something that kind of shocked me about that band which is jesse never learned how to like program drums or write drums and which means those compositions came from him just writing guitar and then bringing it to the studio and being like okay drummer do a thing and that blows my mind because i could never plan a full song without planning everything around it without some drums yeah that's some kind of that is actually Super impressive. That's really cool.
Have you ever listened to the band Ocean Grove before? Yeah, they're on UNFD. Dude. Uh, so Frankie, actually my roommate, Frankie, he does a lot of designs for us. Sleep Waker, uh, also yeah. formerly UNFD. Yep. Um, he showed me Ocean Grove probably in like 2017 or 2018. And just I, can't, vibe. I can't remember the song, but they have a bunch of chromatic riffs that they do in their music where I'm like, dude, this is the most simple yet creative yet catchy like pissed stank riff I've ever heard in my life. And whenever I'm searching for that kind of energy, I always listen to them. So I, I genuinely like Ocean Grove, so I just wanted to kind of throw them into the hat, too. I really yeah, like that band. For sure. I like Ocean Grove. Yeah, I, I, cool. actually, I actually kind of dig Banks Arcade, too. I've never listened to them. I don't actually. listen. I haven't listened to a lot of their stuff, but the stuff I have heard, I really like. I haven't heard any of the new stuff, but I'm really bad at listening to new things. Like, I haven't listened to new Spirit Box or any anything new lately. I've just been kind of stuck in, in Hollow Front slash 1990s I, land. I try to listen to new stuff to see what is happening. Um, I don't want to be tainted by... I'm the opposite. I, I Other like, people's ideas. I, I often don't listen to music out of leisure anymore. I listen to it as kind of a job. But so I I I don't listen. How fun! <laughs> I don't listen That's to music. That's my favorite way to listen to music as a job. Well, when it is your job, you got to do it. You know, I don't listen to music while I'm like folding laundry or anything anymore. I don't do it in Damn, the background. That's the only time I listen. And when I, I will listen to it in the car. Listening to music in the car will always be a staple. Right? I know it's probably terrible, and maybe this is—I don't know—maybe this is slightly narcissistic. Everybody does it, Tyler. I, I only know listen you're... to Hollow. Every <laughs> anybody who has a band, does I listen it. to our album a lot in the car, and I'm sure my kids hate me. They're probably like, "God, I'm so sick of this guy. He's so full of himself. All he does is listen to himself." Every single person that I know that is in a band or makes music does the same. I'm proud, shit. man. I think just embrace it. Because the same the same tastes that make you want to listen to your music is the same reason why you are making music. So if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be making music. So it's good that it's good that you do it. Oh, by the way, I quit. <laughs> All right, <laughs> End well, of the podcast. I quit. He doesn't know this, but I've actually been researching AI technology that allows me to whisper scream, but remove it and make it into his voice. So I'm gonna be. Damn, can new- we actually just do that? And I just you got to pay me some royalties for my voice. Nah, come on. I'll, I'll, all right, I'll give you like three percent or something. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been really cool being in you know UNFD's first podcast, in uh, uh, guests, and you know our new album, The Fear of Letting Go, has has just released. And I, if you haven't listened to it yet, please go and check it out. It's on all the platforms, the streaming platforms, and um, yeah, we are just really proud of this record, and it's it's a definitely a step forward. the The future is. The future is bright, you know, as, as dark as the past was, you know, the future is bright for the band and we are just excited that you guys are still here with us. But yeah, no, uh, we want to thank you guys so much for listening and uh, thanks for listening. We hope we uh, entertained you. Subscribe to everything. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> this is a Dark Side Media production edited by Giles Bitter and produced by Tom Dark. Follow UNFD on socials at UNFD Central or visit us at unfdcentral.com.